Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremoval.com. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today, guys, you are joining me in one of the most decorated jiu-jitsu athletes, gyms the world has ever seen. The man himself, the myth, <laughs> the legend, Talison Suarez. The man born in the Amazon jungle, and he went all the way through life and just absolutely smashed it. Mate, welcome. Welcome to your gym. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. The most humble dude I've ever met in any form of martial arts, and I've met quite a few um, quite a few people in this space. But, mate, honestly, when... When you whipped my ass for four rounds <laughs> <laughs> the other weekend, I was like, mate, this guy is unbelievable. But, mate, give, like, obviously, you started off being born in the Amazon jungle. G- give me a bit of an insight into what that's actually like, because I imagine it's quite a wild, a wild situation to be born into, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, first, thank you. Thank you for coming, having me in your podcast and share a bit of my history and journey so far. Well, yeah, it's very, let's say, hard, um, the lifestyle there, because like, you just, you know, you have to do what you have to do, like you have to, to work since a, a young age to help the family and everything, so you don't kind of, don't get the opportunity to be a kid. Yeah, 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 So you don't, you don't even, it's not, it's, is it like when you're born in the Amazon, is it like you're born into adulthood straight away? Yeah, yeah, straight away, yeah. So what kind of things do you have to undertake as a, as a child in the Amazon that, that people like us in the Western world don't appreciate? Uh, well, there was so many like uh, life skills that I did learn really early, you know, like um, that, for example, I don't see kids that have this kind of skill here, don't even learn here, like, you know, learn how to... to f- to fish like very early you know like hunting and yeah it's everything so when you're born when you're born like um, as, as, a, as a boy in the Amazon jungle you're brought into a life where your dad is teaching you these skills like fishing like hunting in the in the in, in the jungle and stuff like that what kind of stuff was your dad um, teaching you how to hunt and stuff like that yeah uh, like you grow up in the environment right so it's very, like very normal like um, like a you want to to learn as well. Like you want to become a good hunter. You want to become a good, you know, a fishman. Everything. So the more you you can do, the the earlier you can learn all this skill. Like a, the more set you are as well. The more you can help the family. So my dad used to share it all with me as well. You know, like trying to. So back in that time it was only me and him. So I had to help at home. So. Yeah, so this, the, the only way to survive, you know, I had to help him. I could, did not have the option of not helping at home, but I did really enjoy it. Did you, did you, Was your mother not around at this point? No, no, my parents not together. 
Yeah, yeah. so I was just me and my dad. So even so, when how how early did your mum leave your life? Uh, she left. Uh, I was like four or five. Yeah, like very young. Was it hard growing up at that early age without some, like a mother figure in your life? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really hard. Like especially later on to to connect and learn all like. The more like sentimental side of you know being a human being was really difficult for me, you know. Yeah, especially just having a dad and trying to kind of give a perspective on that, but not. I won't say did not do well, but did the best he could. Yeah, makes sense. But you didn't really get to learn the softer side and maybe the emotional side yeah. that your mother can give you as a child growing yeah, up. For sure, and the caring and the you know all that. So. When as you were going through life in in the Amazon and and you're growing up there and everything's, you, I suppose you didn't have any perspective over money or anything like this. No, no. So what's it like being brought up in a society then, where money's not the thing that you're brought up to chase? Uh, well, like it, life there's super simple, you know. Like you, you just basically like yeah, you you born there and die there, and you know you're just gonna. That you help the the community, help the family. Uh, you you know, like do get from the nature what nature gives to you, and use that kind of thing to to trade. You know, like and then get bit of money, but just to buy things like a you don't have that, you can't get access to it. Or but most of the thing you don't even learn about it until you like go to the big cities and stuff like that. So, so what age were you the first? when you first saw a big city because I can't imagine you were too far close to a big city out in the Amazon jungle uh, yeah no that is one day by by boat you know, so it's a long long um, uh, travel to there um, I went a few times like a back and forth going to the big city like when my parents was like kind of getting away you know, but I don't don't remember much, but not not much. You know, I used to go just for like a, a week or something like this, and back to there. Is that where you discovered on your first trip to the city? Is that where you discovered jujitsu, or did your dad start teaching you that, or how did you how did you come into jujitsu? No, I start I started learning jujitsu after my dad passed away. You know, so that's when uh, I have to to leave the jungle and go to the big city uh, because I have no no one to live, so I had to to back to live with my mom. So then is when I started to adapt to the whole society, and, and that's when like I had some friend that was in the neighborhood that that, that was doing jujitsu back in the time, and they told me that I should get into it. Man, it must have been a crazy experience. Obviously, you being brought up without um, without your mother figure in your life, and then all of a sudden you you wake up one day and your your, your dad's your dad's gone. I mean, talk to me about how kind of that felt you felt as a child did you kind of feel like abandoned as a, as a in some form or another or how did you how did you feel at that point uh for sure and I, I never had like a very strong bond with my mom you know because she she wasn't present on my life and and just you not know, having that feeling that she did abandon me and when i was really young and did not grow up with her was really difficult you know not, not just to connect back to her but to to connect to everyone as well. And I was the type of the kid that did not want to talk to anybody. It was only very few people that did really want to. I could express myself. Because you, cause you were brought up speaking a language called Tupi, right? Yeah. And your mum didn't speak that. No. Nah. So you're now 
just so that people can get a context, you've left your your dad's died. Obviously, you're you're heartbroken at this yeah. point. You've let you you've had to leave the Amazon jungle to be reconnected with a mother that you haven't seen since four years yeah. old, who now your mum speaks Portuguese, but you speak a language called Tupi, which yeah. is a, which is one of the languages of the Amazon jungle. Yeah. That's a how how the, that first day when you walk in and see your mum for the first time. How how do you even how do you even begin at that age to communicate how you, how you feel what you're going through and everything else how yeah. did she, how was she how did she even receive you I, I didn't I I didn't you know like I just went to school and Salen uh, I I knew like how to speak Portuguese like a little bit though not not enough but then I went to school to learn you know and everything but. And after my dad passed away, so my mom had to raise me and another two sisters. So all communication was really bad as well because she had to work the whole day. You know, so we we, we had the the side of we did not have much connection when I grew up with her. But then we had the side that the time the time was pretty bad as well. You know, like she would to live like very early in the morning and back like late, so we could not really connect on that. You know, get like a normal relationship like a. And get a talk feelings, and because uh, I really kind of had my thing, I I had the what to do like to go to school, and then that's when I started training jujitsu. So then when I really like got away as well of it, so we basically would to go home just to sleep. So know? so basically, then from from what you just said, I, I'm I'm kind of feeling that you when your dad passed away that you felt that you'd lost the only family you kind of had. Yeah, yeah. And as a result of that, jiu-jitsu became the, your new family. Yeah, and exactly. You, and it, it became your mother, it became your father, it became everything to yeah, you. Is that yeah. kind of, is that kind yeah. of how it was? There was exactly it, you know, I just, the only person I had in my life was my dad, you know, that he was the, let's say the, a hero for me and everything. Uh, and lost him like a, pretty fast was, like he had a heart attack, he died on my arms. You know, yeah. He, he, had, he had a heart attack and died yeah. in your arms. Yeah. So I uh, saw so him die on my arms. And, and yeah, I think since, since that, like, I just shut down and could not, I was not able to express myself and know and, yeah, and connect to, to, to anyone. And then when I started training jiu-jitsu, that's when I started to make, like, friends, you know, start to getting to know people. And just the, the back and forth, like, a changing from, from like, the jungle to then the big city and then you know and the, the struggle with my mother because she, she could not afford like rent and all that we always had to change as well like change school change all that so i never could connect to anybody like build fr- friendships and all that so you, you literally traveling around jiu-jitsu gym to jiu-jitsu gym yeah and obviously because you're not earning money at this stage how are you paying to even fund your training uh it's so that's when I started was a social project, you know, like some some people, a lot of people in Brazil do this kind of project. They they take the martial art to people that can't afford it, and they're one of these kids. And and and, and so they literally like bring you into yeah, jujitsu, yeah. and they and jujitsu, like I said before, becomes your family, becomes your becomes your culture, teaches you all the life skills that, and, and also. Builds a net helps you build a network then that you can lean on and grow through and and yeah, for sure. accentuate your purpose. How long did you, were you in jujitsu before you thought to yourself, Do you know what, this is this is this is me now. This is this is uh, my thing. Straight away, straight away, literally yeah, like straight away, first yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the the very first 
few weeks, you know, like uh, all the, the problems that it brings, uh, trying to solve all that made me really fall in love with it. And then with a lot of time and a lot of education, so like, yeah, if I put enough time to it, I, I, I think I can get good at it, you know. And yeah, it's, fell in love with it straight away. I was showing one of my friends uh, your Instagram profile the other day and he said to me, when he's, he, I don't, can't, don't, can't remember the guy's name, but he said, the guy that you were with when you won, when you won the world title is one of the most decorated trainers in the space. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Professor Gear. Professor Glenn yeah. Mendes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My mate, my mate was like dumbfounded because he, he's like, this guy is legit. Like he's, other than the Gracies, this guy is like a proper, yeah. proper OG in the space. Like he's a weapon. Like and he, he taught you pretty much everything you know right no i i started like because I, I had to move a lot and going to to america as well like a very early uh i had to go to different schools but i went to start training with him like a not no long ago you know but but because i did have that foundation already of technique and all that was easy to kind of get his coaching and transfer for myself you know learn all that skills and yeah and then this year like uh, we won the world title together yeah, that's beautiful, yeah. man. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. What a, what a long journey that is as well. Because w- what probably a lot of people at this point won't understand is you you went from the Amazon to Sao Paulo and you you become part of this project and yeah. this, this jujitsu family. And, and then from what I believe is you you got to a certain level at, in jujitsu in Sao Paulo where you thought you needed to move again. Yeah, yeah. So f- first, I moved to from from Manaus, so that's the capital of the of the. Amazon, yeah, you know, so that's where I started training, and because there is really hard to to get to compete, and you know, to get sponsorship and kind of build a career on top of so, that. So, so, are there big cities in the Amazon? Yeah, then? yeah, yeah. I didn't, rea- city, I, I yeah. didn't, I didn't realize this. I was literally thinking you was in a in the jungle with like thirty people. So you're you're saying there's a yeah, there's a big there. yeah, there's massive cities there as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 but it, but it's it's in the jungle. Yep, in the jungle. So, so <laughs> just, about, just I was just trying to get my head around it because obviously we've talked about this off the podcast as well. But you, was, I was trying to name all these. Mm. I'm like, so have you met these animals and stuff like this? Mm. Like, but you you were telling me like, you've met like massive anacondas yeah. and all this uh, all this stuff. I had to kill them and like I had to wrestle all this stuff and you like 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 you're living a life like tarzan basically. yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean like like, yeah yeah it's, it's just crazy for me yeah. to comprehend that you're 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 having to deal with all that wildlife yeah you know and and um you were telling me about the cats that you kind of had to stay away from in the jungle yeah there's some, there's some like proper predatory yeah, cats yeah. in there like like leopards and stuff yeah and 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 they're just literally in your space like roaming around yeah like yeah, especially growing up, like I had to to be really careful. Cause, yeah, it could eat me. <laughs> yeah, some some animals that uh, you don't want to be exposed to the outdoors, you will not make it to the second day. <laughs> it's crazy, Ed. but obviously, when you're a young kid, like two, three, you don't know the difference between. But how how are they how are they protecting you? Because like, for, I've seen I've seen some of these Amazonian jungle um, families out mm. there in on these documentaries right and they're just and those kids are just running around doing like doing what they want how are they how are they impacted like imposing these life skills on you so you can deal with that um i think you're kind of just born with it (laughs) like you're just born with it yeah just a normal thing 
just, <laughs> just a normal everyday thing. So, yeah. so you, so you, going back to it, you stepped out, um, you stepped out the jujitsu gym and obviously started to win competitions in Sao Paulo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the way I moved from back in 2015. Yeah, 14, 15 is when I moved to Sao Paulo just to like to compete more and to get more training you know, get more experience learn from different people is is that when you started to get towards blue belt or? yeah that's when I got my blue belt I got my blue belt in Manaus and then I moved to to Sao Paulo you know because you became blue belt world champion didn't you yeah when I was 16 so when I was when we're talking a while back you were saying that because I obviously I know the the Gracies and obviously they're some of the most uh, decorated people in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But you said you were the first one that's ever done the quadruple, right? Yeah, yeah. So that the, the Grand Slam, so that's the the big competitions, you know, like IBJJF, that's the biggest federation. They run like a four big events a year. There's the Europeans, Pans, Brazilian National and Worlds. That's the the hardest competition to win. Like to win one of these is really difficult already and I have won like four of them like I I did one Grand Slam so that's winning four and I did four Grand Slam you've done four Grand Slams yeah so you don't, you, you've won four times four times yeah that's crazy bro yeah and didn't you you also won you also won uh, Gi and No Gi right yeah so uh, I have won awards like become the best in the world in every belt level Gi and No Gi the blue, purple, brown, and black. Gear, no gear. So being dominating in both, uh, yeah, sports. Oh, fucking hell, <laughs> mate. That's mental, mate. That's absolutely mental. <laughs> so, you, okay, give me some... Obviously, my audience, they've got businesses. They're, they're, they're listening, doing sport at a high level. They're, they're, they're trying to be the best versions of themselves. The, the essence of this podcast is essentially to break patterns and flip perspectives in their life, mindset, their business to take themselves forward. In, in regards to how you've, you've obviously been through a hell of a lot of adversity in your life. How have you, how do you train your mind to give yourself the fortitude to be able to achieve what you've achieved? Um, yeah, you just want to be able to, to transform all the adversity that you're facing and get that to a motivation that becomes a discipline and just keep building momentum on that and always come back to having a vision of where, where you want to be and who you want to be and work hard to that every day and I always had that inside of me that I wanted to, to do something big and different of everyone build something you know uh, um, amazing legacy for myself and I, I've been loyal to that since since I started. So you, so you, so you had a vision for yourself from day one. Yeah. Similar to the way that I feel about this podcast and how it lights me up and how we were talking before. It's like, you know, how you feel like you you know your 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 purpose on the planet. You had that same feeling. Yeah, I had the same feeling. Very young, I was thirteen. I was thirteen when I felt I could do it, and you know, and I was going to to make that happen. I didn't understand though. Um, Talison, that a lot of people see people like me and you who who they see lit up doing what they're doing. They see them lit up and they're out there and they're doing what they love and they're following their passion. And a lot of people always ask me all the time, how did I find that? And my advice is just to 
try lots more things and give yourself lots more opportunities to find out what you're most passionate about. But what would your piece of advice be to people out there that, that look at someone like you who's so lit up, who's so in love with what he does and so on purpose? How how can they possibly go and find what you've found in jiu-jitsu but for themselves in what they're, what they're meant to be doing? I think expose yourself to as much different things as you can. You know, be like a very curious about everything and then see what you like the most. You know, I think when you love something so so bad, you're gonna you don't care what it's gonna take. You're gonna give the best to to achieve it and you know to build whatever you want on top of that. You know, so I think yeah, exposing yourself to different things, different art, different like business, and learn from different people, get inspiration for from people that did amazing their life as well, and you know, and trying to get the the salt of you no know, inspiration take that for you for yourself yeah I, I i fully i fully feel you on that because it's like with everything you did i mean you then took yourself from sao paulo to new york and what people don't realize is you slept on the mats for yeah like, for like years yeah, for years for, yeah for years and you were doing jiu-jitsu how many hours a day yeah basically the whole day long but i would say at least like a four or five hours a day like every day, just just fighting whoever was yeah, coming in yeah. the gym, always. Yeah, but yeah, but all studying as well, drilling a lot of techniques, you know, rolling everyone. Yeah. So like what? Testing against the best guys. So what do you think it takes then, in order to transform yourself from, to take that passion, and then to turn it into 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 your fundamental art that you're best at, which which you are, and I'm trying to be in the pursuit of in podcasting. What what's what's that fundamental shift? Fundamental shift that has to happen to transform that into that. Um, I think it's just more time into it. You know, like a studying and dedicating yourself into it, and really like a trust in the process of like you're gonna achieve what you want to achieve. You know, and and that's what's gonna push you harder and harder to always go for the next level. Yeah, I, f- I feel you. I feel you. It's it's just it's just I really I really think there's 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 so much like that I I believe in my heart of hearts, mate. That that there's a there's something out there for everybody. I just think that they've got to go and go and find it. And I think a lot of people they they struggle to execute doing enough things to be able to find what that is to them. And yeah. obviously, I could, when when you was teaching me jujitsu, like even the basics the other day, the other weekend. Um, you can tell that there's jujitsu and there's jujitsu artists. Yeah. And the, and there's a big difference between someone who does jujitsu and jujitsu artists, someone who loves the craft and you can, it's when, when we were wrestling, right. And you had me tied up in knots. One thing I realized and what I recognized from the, the boxing side of things was the fact of how relaxed you are in the process of, of of like you, you, you essentially you're in a war, but you're so relaxed, mate, and you're so relaxed. Do you th- do you think that then the more adversity in life that you put yourself through, the more relaxed you can feel doing the reps and and everything that they go through? Yeah, for sure. I think like like a, the, the, anything that you're gonna do hard, if you keep doing over and over and over, that's eventually such not become easy, but start to master it. You know, you start to understand how you do it and how. Um, how you're gonna find your way out of it, and how you're gonna position yourself better. For example, give a judicious example, and because you do that so many times, like you, you basically can understand what is the next step, you know, and that that's where you can find like the 
trying to be calm in that situation because you know what's going to happen. You understand what's the scenario you're in, you know, like you don't freak out, you just keep yourself, stay calm and everything's going to fall in place. Why Why Australia though, mate? Because like, obviously you don't see the kind of decorated champions in the game like you are in Australia. Yeah, uh, I think that that was my my whole vision on that, you know, like when I came here for the first time, I, um, I saw the opportunity to be the first one to, to do it, you know, to be like a decorator and come here and build something and that people, like, like when I was telling you about my, my legacy, that's something that I also want to do, you know, I want to be a very good coach and be able to v- develop another champions and, and, and that's like a, how I want my legs to look like and I'll be able to, to develop and give back to the community what you just did for me. You know, I'm not, I'm not driven by all the stuff. I'm just driven by seeing people like trying to do their best and trying to become champions. And of course that to be champion life as well, right? Like to be champion on the, on the mats is one thing, but be the champion in life is a different thing as well. And you just did that to me and I want to be able to give it to other people and when I came to Australia for the first time, I said, like, yeah, no one's here. You know, no one's doing here. So I think that's where I'm going to start. That's but where I'm going to start developing the, the project of build champions. <laughs> do, you, do you believe in, like, the law of attraction then? Because, like, if you look at everything that you have, coming from the Amazon jungle, to have a gym like this, obviously you've, you've attracted things into your life through putting in the work that you do. you've attracted financial backers you've attracted sponsors you've attracted the ability to be able to stay in australia you've 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 created the first world champion that australia's ever had in its history like you're attracting a lot of things into your life there must be some form of 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 of, of ways what how are you basically visioning this how how are you laying it out is it is it something you wake up every day and you visualize or how are you bringing that all together i, I think what I believe that good people connect to each other, you know, I think that's, we as human beings are always trying to do good and I think when we see someone really putting the work and dedicating themselves, like we want to get close to them and if there is some way we can help and, you know, make them achieve it, we, we're there for that. I think I always had these people and they saw me putting the work and trying to, to achieve my dreams and because they've been through it or they never did it or I don't know the reasons but that's how we connected you know and yeah just on it, that it seems like Australia as a country as a, as a, as a people are really backing you here like they're really, like when I walked in the gym earlier and you had a class on and, and you could see how much not only respect there was between all of you as artists in terms of like jiu-jitsu artists but you could see how much respect there was for you being here to coach them I mean they they know that jiu-jitsu in this country is leveling up because you're here because you're bringing in other talent they, they I could feel that energy you know so what's what's that must be a real humbling thing for you yeah uh, it's amazing I, I, I feel I feel great to be to be honest. Like I just having everyone appreciate for for my jujitsu, like for what I see of jujitsu, and 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 then trying to transfer transform into techniques where they also can get out of it, you know, and be able to improve and achieve their own goals and be able to dream as well. Like uh, it's very rewarding to see kids dreaming to be the best in the world, you know, and giving that back to them as well. It's 
you know, being there for them, being present, being coached there for them, make my my heart like yeah, happy. There was a, there was a there must have been like a twelve or thirteen year old here. I can't remember. I don't know his name. Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix, right? This kid's gonna be good, mate. Yeah, he's gonna be amazing. <laughs> he is really good. Yeah, I was watching him and I watched how he moved and positioned himself and. And there, I had a mad respect for 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 the level that this kid's at. Like, tw- yeah. how old is he? He's twelve. And is he? Is he? I mean, he's the one that I saw in the whole room, and I thought you're different level. Yeah, yeah, is he's it, a different kid. Is, is is that is is that? Have I picked the right one in terms of like who's yeah, going to be your next yeah, champion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a few others, well, like younger than him, but he's the oldest one. He's a leader for all the kids. Yeah. You know, because when we started the. The the school here two years ago he was like on the first one and putting the the work and dedicating himself and really committed to learn and you know learn the art as well and get asking so many questions trying to get as much much knowledge he could get and and trying to transform that into skills being a motivation to the young ones as well and then you have a, all the group of killers here there. For sure, gonna come out soon, winning everything. So, ha- so how long? How many years are we away from seeing this school dominate globally? Um, uh, I think yeah, if, like ten, ten years, we're gonna see uh, the kids come out of here with their foundation of techniques and mindset and co- dedication, like are really taking them to to a different level and taking jujitsu as well to a different level. What is it you think sets jiu-jitsu out from all other martial arts in terms of why people should get 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 a part of this? Like, if you're going to tell me, Frankie, you should start jiu-jitsu, why should I start it? Uh, it's, I can give you so many answers on that. You know, like, a jiu-jitsu gonna be, is going to be a life tool for everything. Nothing going to be harder than this. Nothing. And there's so many levels to it. Like, the more you... You you think you're getting better? Then there's someone that can can beat you and keep humbling you, and you know you're always gonna be under pressure. The pressure you put in yourself, and but the pressure for other people put on you as well. In the in the sense of they are also trying things on you, you know they are also trying to get better and and create that competition environment. But they also like community environment because you. you we need to support each other. If we want to both to progress, I can't progress by myself. I need you. But if I want to get good, I need to make you good. So, you li- so literally, jujitsu. Then what you've just described is this is why so many people in business do jujitsu. Then you're basically saying that you know because in business you need you need to communicate with your suppliers. You need to communicate with with with, with other people to be able to level up your business and other other entrepreneurs, yeah. right? And that's essentially what you're saying. Jujitsu. That's that's what jiu-jitsu is, right? On a yeah. sporting level. And that's probably why... S- There's more entrepreneurs, I reckon, in jiu-jitsu than anything else. For sure. I've, for ne- sure. I've never seen uh, this many high-level entrepreneurs in boxing. Put it that way. A lot of boxing background was low socioeconomic kids, kids coming from a hard background, kids that were bullied, kids that just wanted more for themselves. They come to the boxing gym. That, that's, that was that environment. But in jiu-jitsu, I see like entrepreneurs achieving $100 million valuations, this, that, and the other. And it doesn't matter what level you are in jiu-jitsu. At the end of the, at the, end of the session, you all line up in a belt order down this mat and you all shake each other's hand and you go out. And I just thought, when I watched that happen, and I'd never seen it before, I thought, fuck, that's beautiful, man. Because there's, there's no martial art that I know of that, that has that much respect at the start and finish of a session. Because like, I've, left, I've left boxing gyms before and, and I've just wanted to to go and go and 
go and get someone back for battering me in the ring. Do you know what I mean? Like the and I, I can't see you leaving here with any animosity. Yeah, no, no. It's a lot of respect, you know. Like uh, on the mat, like uh, is a is a place where you can um, like really show who you are. You know, just gonna expose who you are very early. You know, if you have ego, whoever, you, whoever gonna expose it, but also gonna humble you, gonna transform you as well. And on the mat, like we see everyone weekly. You know, we don't see I'm better than you. You better than me. You know, like we. Uh, if I know something, I can share with you. If you know something, you can share with me. You know, like I can submit to you, but I know you can submit me back tomorrow. So that, so what's the point of having ego on that? You know, so people come here and choke each other and, you know, uh, trying to break each other's arm. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, but at the end, they, they understand that having the other person there for them is what makes them better, you know. Well I, well, I kind of felt when I was sat here watching, I kind of felt, you turn up. You turn up. You may have been. You may have had the hardest day in your life, but you. But you turn up. It's like you find peace. Then you find chaos in the roles and all this stuff after the techniques and stuff. And then you also leave the room peaceful. Yeah, for sure. So you've not had any time in that. And this is another reason why I think most entrepreneurs do jujitsu over any other martial art. Is because in their daily lives, they might have been through so much chaos. They might have had an argument with their missus in the morning, but you don't get any time to think about that when you're over here fighting this killer who's like 12 years old who's going to absolutely annihilate you if you don't get your act together. Yeah. Like you don't get any time to think about all that kind of stuff. Is that? Yeah, you you really have to align your, your, your mind and your body here. Like you can't, be on the mat and think on business or think on relationship because otherwise you won't be able to do it, you know. So basically people come here know, knowing they are ready. They know they're going to they're gonna have to be full, uh, fully present on the moment to learn the techniques if they want to progress in it. They're going to have to be uh, fully present on the moment if they want to have a good role, you know, if they don't want to just get smashed they're, they're all the way. And then that, that's how they find the balance on it, you know. And then and they... Everyone that come here, like like you said, you know, probably is going through something at the work or the business or at home. But they come here, they know they're gonna feel good, you know. They're gonna people gonna be there for them, smiling for them, you know, looking forward to to see them on the mat as well, you know. Because we we training partners, we message each other, you know. Are you training today? Let's go, let's train, you know. So always like that pushing, like trying to lift each other. That's that can change the day of anybody, you know. I think I think. I, I, I tell you what, you, I think you convinced me to start. Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> you should, you should. I've been, I've been doing, I've been doing some. I, I did some private sessions. Obviously, I, 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 I've had a go with you for three or four rounds of you timing knots, and then <laughs> my mate who's a brown belt's been teaching me some stuff, like teaching me how to shrimp out the side and all this kind of stuff, like teaching me some movements on his balcony. And that. but after seeing what I've seen today in here, I didn't. I, I kind of. I, there, there was a missing piece that I just feel got put in today, and the, and the piece was simple. The, the only way I can communicate it to to you lot listening is like, you turn up. You may have had some chaos in the outside of your life, like I just said, but it's like you find a peace within yourself, yeah. and that peace allows you the peace that you find in jujitsu must allow you to find other peace in other parts of your life where you where there's a little bit of chaos so i only imagine and you tell me if i'm correct or not but i only imagine that it just it just takes your life from this and just makes it more yeah more fluid like you know it's basically you you, you try to use the knowledge of jujitsu to real life situations you know like a, because 
in jiu-jitsu, you're going to be most of the time, like when you start, like in bad spot. Yeah. But you can, like, let's say, fight so hard against it, but you can stay calm and try to think, how, what is my way out of here? And there's a technique for everything, you know, and if you can stop and stay calm and think how you're going to escape from that and don't expose yourself to a worse scenario, you're going to find your way out of that. You know? So it's like an, it's like a whole analogy for life. Yeah, then. it's like your back's against the wall. How am I going to get myself out of this situation? I think, I suppose, like when you come into the real world, nothing can be as bad as as being in an armbar or a chokehold yeah. over there. In, in yeah. essence, is what yeah. you're trying to say, isn't yeah. it? And it's like, yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, how you've obviously come to Australia and after you've obviously repaired this relationship with your mother and you've gone around the world and you've become this jiu-jitsu like, superstar in essence because of all the stuff that you've achieved and you're well-recognized in your sport and then you meet this meet this beautiful woman, this beautiful woman comes into your life. How did you have the ability to accept that into your life having not really gelled with your mother? Um because I, I never had that, that feeling inside, inside, I think I always was uh, searching for it. You know, it's something that I was always curious about, you know, like how to learn about it and all that. And because I did not actually had the experience, I had to, to like learn through books and all that and I have to read a lot about it. And then, of course, trying to get the experience of different people and trying to and you know, build on that and trying to kind of be ready for so, it so you learn through you learn about relationships through reading books yeah yeah what yeah. What, what books were you reading uh, about like the way of the superior man and stuff like that yeah yeah things like these yeah yeah and, and uh, mate i've never i mean i read i've read a lot of these books myself to try and become become uh a better future partner for yeah. anyone that i meet you know what i mean like i want you want to as a man you i think I mean, I'm. I don't know how old. How old are you? I'm 23. You're 23, right? Yeah. You've smashed life, mate. At 23, <laughs> as a 34-year-old man myself, I you get once you get past 30, mate, you think to yourself, Do you know what? No more of that fucking around bullshit or all that crap that you're going through. You got to work on becoming the best version of yourself as a man, and then you attract into your life. I think because you. St- because of the adversities you face as a kid in the Amazon and because of having to go to Sao Paulo so early and becoming, you know, probably, you're probably, you're probably the youngest ever, are you? To do, to do what you've done as well. Yeah. Yeah. The first and the first, ever. the first and the youngest ever yeah. to do what you do at 23 years old. Yeah. No wonder you have the maturity and you hold the weight, hold the maturity the way you do that. That is all down to, to jujitsu and the way that it's, it's brought you through. I can see it in you. But it's it's amazing that someone like yourself, even though you're a world champion over here, you've been willing enough to educate yourself and read books on things that you don't know about. Yeah. To become mm-hmm. to become better. And when you started to educate yourself on relationships and how relationships were formed with women and all that kind of stuff, when you put your time and heart and soul into that, did 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 opportunities start to present themselves because you were turned up to the world different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always trying to uh, introduce how you're always trying to, to achieve like a, the the greatest level ever, you know, and, and I, I always did believe that I would never be able to achieve like a, the level that I am today and the level that you want to achieve being a bad person. You know, I always did believe I had to be as good a human being as I wanted to be in jiu-jitsu, you know, trying to find a balance. Like, not, not only raise the, the bar of being an athlete, but as a person as well. 
Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. Yeah, no, no, you, you, yeah, I can, yeah, I can see the way you've, you've, you've approached it, and it's a very noble way to approach any form of art. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I want people to understand. Like you, you, even, even how you've constructed um, your relationship and how you've gone about that and educating yourself is, it's all, it's all you treat everything like it's an art, and yeah. you have to learn. What is next for you though? Because obviously, a ten-time world champion at twenty-three years old. Like you know, you've 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 annihilated everybody. You even competed at open class and annihilated everyone at open class, right? Yeah, yeah. I used to do when I was younger. Yeah, so a bit of open weights and everything. And you are fifty nine kilos. Yeah. Now I'm seventy. I'm seventy five as I sit here, and you bounce me around like fucking like I was like I was a a feather, right? <laughs> so I can only imagine what you're doing to guys that are 9,500 kilos. You just fold them in half. <laughs> like, and people don't understand that. But but what's next? What, what what is next for you? What are you going to uh, achieve? For for me now is like a trying to keep repeating, like a b- trying to be watching more time so I can get to the Hall of Fame. So I want to put my name in the Hall of Fame of Jiu Jitsu. So my name stay uh, in the How are you not forever. in that? How are you not in that already? Uh, too young. <laughs> yeah, most of people there did achieve it like a. Basically, the end of the the career and after that. So, so how far? How far are you? Are you behind the Gracie boys, or in terms of the number of number of titles, or? Uh, n- yeah, that depends. I think they, they they did a different way, you know, like they did like a path the way for jujitsu and like take the jujitsu around the world. Not few few of them did like become. Like a very like successful, but in jiu-jitsu we have different divisions, you know. So basically, like each division have like a guy that that won so many times, you know, and, and they're just trying to to break their records and all that, you know. And for example, if I give an example like for the grace, the Hoshi did won ten times, but he he won, uh, but only the black belt. Right. Okay. Yeah. Only the black. You've done belt. it at blue. You've done it at purple. Purple, brown, black, and yeah. So I have two as a black belt now. So if you win, if you win another eight as black belt, you you match him as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to win every year until you're like thirty odd. Yeah. 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 But then you, because I compete gear, no gear can get two world titles a year. I don't. I don't <laughs> understand how you how you're doing gear and no gear though because. Is aren't aren't people just suited to one? Yeah, yeah. People who specialize themselves in one thing. I did specialize so myself how, in both. <laughs> so how have you how have you done that? How have you how how are you? Yeah, mate, I don't understand how you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Do enlighten me because I really yeah. want to know. Like, how are you how are you performing at that level in both gi and no gi? Uh, just trying to to transfer like a like, translate one technique to the other. You know, if you're trying to. To really dig myself into something that I know would be hard to get out of that. So then I'm trying to, to build my strategy on top of what would work for both, you know? Yeah. And yeah, and, and be ready for, for different scenarios, you know? And yeah, just training. And I, and I did always believe that one helped the other as well. So like a, the adjustments and, you know, placement and movements does uh, translate one to the other. And because I I did, you know, master the the movements very very early, like uh, that that was easy, not easy in the sense of it's easy to win, it's 
easy to translate one to the other, you know, and just put in the work and put the commitment, uh, be able to achieve it. Yeah, and you you also train a lot of the, um, a lot of celebrities. Kind of, I've seen you <laughs> just seen you train a few celebrities and and a few of their kids as well, like yeah. the Hemsworth boys. Yeah, they they bring their children in. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That just shows you how far you'll come. Do you, do you, do you teach them jiu-jitsu as well? Uh, or just the boys? Just the boys, yeah. yeah. Chris said he, he wants to start tra- training as well, but he has a bit of schedule. Yeah, you yeah. Re- you re- how, how long do you reckon it take you to turn Chris Hemsworth into a killer at jiu-jitsu? <laughs> I don't think it will take that long. Yeah, he, he had some uh, lessons before as well, you know, like for, for, his, for his job. Yeah, yeah. So he he knows um, the technique, and the the kids teach him as well. <laughs> so, so and so you make all your money these days through doing jujitsu and seminars. Yeah, yeah, teaching, yeah, mainly teaching, teaching. So, so, yeah. so you literally made a sport you found that gave you that gave you the the feeling of home. You've turned that into into everything. You've turned it into your living. You've turned it into your life. You you turned it into practice. And it facilitates every part of your life. Yeah, for sure. It's it's all you want. <laughs> yeah, mate. Honestly, it's, I'm 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 dumb I'm dumbfounded by the by this as as we're going through this. You see, I'm learning a lot about myself here. Yeah, you don't realize it. I'm I'm learning <laughs> so much because this is a very like a because how you approach everything about jujitsu is is how I've approached from day one um, this podcast. Mm. And how I'm building it because it's 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 from a place of love and and then you can learn and accentuate and when you get to talk to people like yourself you can't help but listen and take in some so much value from 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 journeys man but mate I just want to say like mate you, you've blown my mind with um, your whole journey and everything you've achieved and I and I wish honestly I wish you every fucking success moving Thank forward you so much Thank but you. if there was one piece of uh, of of golden advice some wisdom that you could drop on the world um from your life lessons in jiu-jitsu from everything you've been through in order to to take people to the next level of life to break pants slip perspectives what would that be to you uh, yeah believe in your dreams uh work hard for it surround yourself with good people uh people that are gonna push you people that challenge you and yeah, and believe that you you're gonna make it to it. Love that, love that. And that, my friends, is Talisson Alves, and he's a he's a weapon. I will tag him. I'll cl- click the link below this um, video. Click the link below this if you listen on Spotify and Apple. Follow him on on Instagram. You can't help but be inspired. I just wanted to to take the opportunity today to share what your love of jujitsu with an audience of people that I think if they find something beyond business and beyond just making money to fall in love with a martial art that they can use that knowledge and impart those ways um, into their business into making more money and, and it'll just all flow from there and that's why I wanted you on mate to, to share that journey and to share your your learnings of, of a life of jiu-jitsu guys do me a solid favor yes yeah? subscribe to this on every platform if you could also share it on social media and, and put it in as many ears as possible I appreciate it on all levels we are we are smashing it on, on all my targets but I just want to keep pushing this thing forward I don't believe there's any podcast in the game especially in Australia or the UK that that that, 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 lo- that anyone that does podcasting that loves it as much as me and that wants to see you all win so I hope you feel that I hope you listen to that in every episode and much love